Monday, we're back. Do not adjust your screens. There is no mark. And Steve, today they have allowed the young one to take the car out of the garage and drive it this weekend. Uh, Lord, yes, but they put mommy in charge. <laughs> you know, I don't know how far I'm allowed to get off the rails before I get a text. You know, before they reel me back in. But uh, it'll be fun. We have a great amount of content. Um, it's special that I get to do it with you. Because uh, you are my eighth client as well. But happy Monday, guys. How was your weekend? Any great news? What did you guys do? <sighs> I just breathed in ocean air, relaxed. Uh, the first picture, one of the pictures is girlfriends, uh, which was on Thursday night to kick off the weekend. Uh, so it was one of their birthdays and it was National Girlfriends Week and all that. So, But then after that, on Friday, it was over to that beach my happy place and just relax because it has been quite a summer. Whew. It is. It's hard to believe it's already August 7th that we're already through a week of August. And before we yeah. know it, we'll be um, in September, which everybody knows we're excited for that. Shay, how was your weekend? You're, you're going to have to speak a little bit today, just for a little um, bit. So it was good, as my patented saying would be. Uh, took, took the little girl to the zoo, which was blazing yeah. hot. Um, but she walked the whole zoo and then passed out for a couple of hours. So that's good. That's Jeez. good. <laughs> and then I, I seemed to, uh, decide to wash the Jeep in, uh, 12 o'clock in the afternoon. An insane decision, but I was, yeah, little red tint, but had to get we, a little tan. We did spend some time in the sun though. Friday, the OTB team took a field trip, uh, to dolphins training camp. Got to spend the day with Mrs. Noodleberg and her father, Husto, which was a great day. Um, me and Mark were like two little kids uh, going to the amusement park again, talking about practice, talking about what Mike McDaniel was doing at practice, how they were running it. It is um, it is always cool to go back, see how they do it like we used to, uh, see the similarities, um, talk some shit about the players, you know, talk, you know. But it was fun. It, it's the people are excited. You know, I think we talk about a lot of sports on here, but this is a football town. And you can start to see, especially with the team being good, probably for the first time in my life, there is this much buzz around it. Um, so it is cool. But in other, you know, sports, Messi did it again last night. I don't know if you guys are following, but he scored twice again. He seems to be light years ahead. Um, unfortunately the women's USA team, uh, you know, fell yesterday. Uh, uh, sure. You know, I think it's, it's a unique, it, it, it's an interesting conversation because I think they are in need of a little bit of humbling. You know, yeah. I think they were so far ahead of other countries and similar to USA and basketball. Now mm -hmm. the other countries are starting to catch them. And this is yeah. a little bit of a wake up call that you can't just show up. You can't just go through the motions anymore. You know, you have to take a certain amount of pride. Um, it will be a changing of the guard, which is kind of apropos for the conversation we'll have today about generations in the workforce. But great weekend. Glad to be back. And Shay, we don't do anything before you wake us up. So let's get to some music. Let's do it. 
who don't know mark is speaking actually at ja today yeah. to the cpa group uh, which is joy linsky and those construction executives so he's going to crush it today i know he was super excited we were talking about it last night and dad is still on his vacation uh so yeah. he's he is checked out so we'll hold it down but um interesting to have you and me on this uh on it today we do get to spend a lot of time together. For those of you who don't know, I started a side hustle. Most of, you, most of you guys do know. Get Jaked. I am doing personal training on the side. And Lori was one of the first people to raise her hand and uh, kind of jump in the boat. So first, I want to know what it's like the last three months. We've really been working out for three months. What it's like to have a personal trainer. And I don't know how much you really had done fitness prior to that, but what the process has been like fitting it into your schedule, making it a priority, dealing with moving some other priorities off the list for it. So kind of your entire journey, your thought process and what it's doing done to kind of elevate you. Yeah. So I've always, I, I've always uh, been into fitness, but for the last few years got harder and harder to fit it into the schedule. Right. And I found that even when I said I was going to do it, a million other things got in the way. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there wasn't that accountability. Um, and I think it was actually watching my mom over the last year as she's in her mid eighties. Now I was watching how the difference in her right mobility, uh, her ability to just get out of a chair without right holding on or pushing up. And I was just like, yeah, I don't want that to be me. I need to get moving again and I need to get strong again. And so when you mentioned that you were doing it, I, I was already thinking about it. And I thought, you know what? I've had trainers before. I'm going to go back to doing training. Mm -hmm. um, but I have to say, I was a little bit hesitant. I was scared because you're working out with dad and, you know, Eddie Dykes and all these guys and Andy and, and everybody. And I'm like, I'm old. He's going to freaking kill me. Right. And I'm so out of shape. Mm -hmm. But I have to say, um, you have been so uh, attentive, right, to the difference, right? You you kind of gauged where I was, which was not in a good place, uh, and and took me to where I am now, which I feel so much stronger, so much better. I put on a pair of pants this morning, and they were like falling off my waist. Um, and you know, and it's it's as you get older, it gets harder to lose weight. But you've taught me don't focus on the scale, focus on how I feel and 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 my just the changes in my body um so i really enjoy it you kick my ass uh, <laughs> but i seem to be enjoying getting my ass kicked these it's days cool. and, I'm, and i'm happy you said that you were nervous because i think anytime you talk about growth or changing or trying something new being nervous is like being excited it's a very similar feeling i've talked about it before your brain doesn't know the difference so you're actually excited about the change and i think the really cool thing that i've seen from all my clients that have gone from it not being a main priority is it continuously keeps getting more important to them. 
even as the growth is happening, they're starting to see the changes and those small incremental changes is really what fuels the brain to go, Oh, I want more of that, you know? And it goes, that goes in every Avenue of your life that it's not this let's jump off the cliff. Let's be skinny in two weeks, or I won't have to read, read 500 books. You know, it's about the 10 pages at a time. It's about the one day that then turns into two days. And then before I know it, you're sending me pictures on the weekend of, Hey, I'm running and now I'm doing five days. And it's I almost sent you on Saturday, but I didn't want to annoy you. <laughs> it never is annoying, but it's really cool. You know, I think we're so focused on setting goals and all of these goal setting tips are like, you have to set big reach goals and just focus on little incremental changes and allow that to fulfill you. So I know I'm super proud of the progress you made. Um, I know you get a lot of people who are telling you you look better, which we had this joke. Does that mean I looked like shit before? Is that what you're trying to tell me? You know, but if, um, if anybody is looking for any tips and I'm not looking to sell myself, if you're looking just for some simple tips to get you on the track to getting healthy, it is super important. It helps you in business. I know you'll attest to that. Makes you smarter, makes you sharper. And most importantly, you just feel better. Uh, so I love doing it. I think we're going today. I think I'm going to see you later. I think we'll see. But And by the way, I made a decision this time, which I've never said before, that come hell or high water, no matter what I need to give up financially, even when I retire, I am absolutely going to have a trainer for the rest of my life. So just, uh, you know, it's just got to become part of my life. It's the accountability, the having somebody ride along with you, they give you reassuring of what you're doing will pay off because I think there's a lot of, you know, like you said, the nervousness of like, am I wasting my time? And I know Andy, one of my clients is always dying that he doesn't waste one second. So he's always looking for that reassurement of what he's doing is going to get there. And so I think that's good leader, good coaching that you're constantly there to reinforce it. But I want to get it to motivational music. And then we have some great content talking about generations in the workforce. Motel, listen, I, I don't, you can't see me, but I can see backstage, so I can kind of see you dancing, you know, so it's always fun to watch people, how they react to the music and stuff like this. Shout out John Ray, absolutely yes. 
Super excited to hear from Lori. We're going to get her perspective on something that I think is an evolving issue in the workforce or an opportunity for growth, depending on how you're looking at it. But there are so many different generations in the workforce. Uh, Shay, if you don't mind, throw up the generations so that everybody knows what we're talking about. And there are still some silent generation people still kicking it. Uh, most people are the baby boomers who are now in leadership. Generation X is now definitely starting to make their way into leadership too. But millennials and Gen Z, who a lot of times get a very bad rap, are now making up most of the workforce. And so Forbes did uh, an investigation or did a survey for the workers in the workforce and what was important to them. And they picked out these five things that were important to everybody. So from you, Lori, I want to kick it off. We'll talk them, talk through them. I want to get your perspective on one. Do you agree that that's something that people find important? Are you seeing that in the workforce? How are you fostering an environment within your own company to do that? And then I'll kind of play devil's advocate and see if we can get into a little bit of an argument to keep this show just a little bit interesting. But the first one was choice and control, um, having the choice where to work, when to work, kind of, and how to do it. So I think the flexibility, and I know we saw the pandemic, you know, expedite this tremendously. But what are you seeing kind of on that front? Yeah, I listen, I think everybody wants more flexibility, no matter what generation you are. By the way, I, I'm going to start off by saying that I think there are way more commonalities than we we even realize there are, uh, the more that I, that I read about this and study it. Um, so I think there are a lot more similarities than we think. But I think we all want some sort of flexibility. I, I struggle with how much, right, uh, as, as the leader, because too much, you know, you have different, first of all, you have different people in the job. Some have to be there because their job requires that they be there. And some, it doesn't require that they be there every day. But there's a fairness factor. I'm a Libra, right? So everything needs to be fair, the scales. So how do the people who have to be there every day feel that the other people aren't there? And I think it's a matter of support, right? And relationships. You know, I get that I don't have to be there or and somebody else does. But if I'm the one who does have to be there, wouldn't it be kind of nice to see my teammates there, even though they don't have to be there every day? Um, wouldn't it be nice to see them there, to know that they're supporting me in the job, in the organization? And I'm not saying it has to be every day, but, and also I think the second piece is building relationships. I'm sorry, I'm a people person. I think it's harder to build relationships virtually. And when you're working from home, it's hard to become a leader. You got to be around the leaders to be a leader. And, and I think coming from football where we spent every waking minute together in the office, there's so many unscheduled interactions that allow you to develop that relationship to kind of see people in different lights. Cause when you have this consistent structure and you're only seeing that person in meeting time, you're not truly being yourself. There's a different agenda. There's a, you know, topics or priorities you got to get through. And so that natural rubbing of arms, you know, shoulders doesn't happen. And so I, I know we saw it with us, like we were completely virtual. We were having virtual meetings and it felt like different silos. You know, so I think it goes about what kind of culture are you doing? You said it doesn't have to be every day, but there should be certain days where everybody gets to see each other, whether that's different departments. But then I'll also play devil's advocate that like I trust my teammate if they're getting their work done. And and, and I 
that's where my trust comes from, where I'm like, hey, if you're efficient in what you're doing and how you do it and you complete your job, I don't really care as much if I ever see you. And like, we're going to be great, but we're not going to have this big camaraderie maybe. But I think if the work's getting done, then I'm okay with like never seeing somebody if I don't directly work with them. So, you know, look, I'm working on that trust thing, right? Not that I'm working on it. We have, we have scorecards and listen, if you're not getting your job done, you're not getting your job done. But I, I think two things. One, I find it extremely interesting that everybody wants to work from home on Fridays. You know, I'm just a little suspicious about that, right? So I'm trying not to be, but it does seem odd to me that it's always on a Friday, um, and, and by the way, I have refrained from checking to see who's working, who's online, how long they're online, because I really don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Right. So I'm choosing to trust. But I also feel that there is a little bit of taking advantage. And by the way, this this is across generations. Right. Okay. So I think people are taking a little bit advantage of it. Not taking my PTO on that Friday. I'm just going to say I'm working remote. Right. So I, I think there's a trust factor. And I, I think the people on the other side need to understand that we need to be able to trust that if you're going to have this privilege, right. And I do think it's a privilege to work from wherever, then we, you have to earn that trust, right. Yes. You know that you talked about fairness, right. There has yeah. to be some give and take. And I think my generation loses that reality that there is a fairness thing and you have to understand where your bosses come from, the work environment that they grew up in, they're not asking us to be identical to that. We don't need to be in the office anymore. But if that means you filling out a live document consistently or giving an end of the day wrap up in a video or some way in order that it is a give and take, like, hey, I'm going to allow you to operate the way you want to, but here are some check-ins that I need you to abide by and I need you to do, and that's the give and take. And some people will look at that and be like, well, you're micromanaging me. You don't trust me. Exactly. I can't do it on my, no, 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 no. I need to do my job as a leader to make sure that you are doing the right thing. And that's not micromanaging, that's accountability. And so the A word gets a bad rap sometimes, you know? And so I think we, like which online school is becoming like massive for my generation and doing everything virtually, there is a lack of accountability and you can get away with it and you can kind of skate. Um, So I think there is that give and take. And I know Jonathan Aarons has a question. What are your thoughts on working your week in four weeks so you don't have to take PTO on Friday? A four-day work week, right? Um, if you, for us, that's not the case just because we have kids in our building every single day, right? So kids go to school every day. If they didn't, maybe maybe I would consider that. Um, but I, I don't want to lose sight on one other thing that I briefly mentioned. If you want to grow and you want to continue to grow in your field and become a better leader, which I think we all want to do, right? You have to be around leaders, right? You can't learn about leadership when you're working at home by yourself. And I think when you are around your peers, we learn from each other. I learn from my team to be a better leader. I learn from people above me, beside me, below me. You know, you can't do that when you're working remotely. And those relationships just aren't built the same way. And so I really want to caution us, right, on if you really, look, if you just want to sit there, do your input, do your graphic design, do whatever, and you never want to 
climb the ladder and become a better, go for it. Then you should be in that kind of job. But if you want to grow as a leader, you got to be in the office with everybody and, and, and learn. Well, I think, which is really surprising for me coming out of football, where it's such a family environment, your job is your life. There is this overwhelming desire, and I don't know if it's only my generation or it's just naturally, but the separation between professional and your personal life and like trying to make them two distinct things. And now there is a push that people want to be able to share their life experiences at work and feel comfortable sharing that outside. And I think that's a culture that leaders need to promote, like take an interest on what somebody is doing in their personal life that makes them want to come to work. They want to build real relationships with the people at work to make it not two separate silos that you feel that you're like, Oh, I get to go to work and share what I did while I was gone with the people that I care about. And so it's interesting. Like, how do you do that? How do you as a leader focus on people's individual achievements or interests outside of work? Do you focus on that or how, how do you do that? I just ask. So first of all, I do formal one-on-ones with every single employee. We're still small enough to do that. So we're at about 40 something. How often do you do that? I try to do it twice a year. Right. Um, And so, and it's usually 45 minutes to an hour, but then I just stop by. That's the other thing about being there. Right. I can't get on the phone and call every person every single day. But if I walk through the office and the people who are there, I always go over. Hey, good morning. How was your weekend? Right. Hey, what'd you do this weekend? Or what'd you do yesterday? Or, Hey, did you watch the football game? Right. I'll play devil's advocate, but in order to do it in a virtual environment, you have to be much more systematic about Mm -hmm. the way you're recognizing people, the way you're checking in with people. It has to become a part of your calendar, right? Where when you're all in the office, it doesn't need to be because like you said, it's naturally happening. Hey, how was the weekend? You check in, you see them at the coffee thing. It's different now. So now leaders are much or much, and this is a generalization, but much more likely to forget about it. You get in your normal day of routine. You're working from home. You're not seeing them. And so you lose that personal touch and that recognition touch. And it's not happening as much. It's not feeling as natural. And that's when you start to feel that disconnect that doesn't exist when you're in person. So I think that's what you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, you know, it becomes much more scheduled as opposed to natural. Right. I love going in and saying, you know, hey, I saw something on social media, right? Congratulations, somebody got married, whatever, right? Or, or, you know, just going in and telling them what a great job they're doing, right? Or, you know, something, hearing a story about one of the students that they might have worked with that week. It's just different. It's not as by rote. It's not as planned and scheduled. It's a more natural environment for me when it happens in person, Um you know, and but that's why I also schedule, like I said, I try to schedule two a year. Right. Um, and you know, it's interesting because you think that they may not really be interested in that, even the you know, the younger generation. But at the end of the meeting, I'll usually say to them, you know, what can I do differently? How can you know? And they're like, more of this, right? Like right. that's that makes me feel really good. Because they do want to learn from people from want us. to be acknowledged. They want to know that they exist in somebody's mind. Shay, can we have some overtime? Uh, and we'll go to overtime. Giving me the keys to the car, and I'm not hitting overtime. <laughs> um, but it, there is a sense of value, you know. And like you said, if 
people like to know that they have that time, you know? And so even when it's not twice a year, it's a direct report, like giving somebody an outlet where they know that they can bring problems consistently, give somebody like comfort in their job that they don't have to be thinking about, well, how do I approach my boss? How am I going? Like having consistent time that you give somebody that you can come in, problem solve, be prepared for meetings, give somebody a little sense of security, you know, that they're not on an island by themselves. They're not operating by themselves. And if they ask, they're not doing a good enough job, you know, but I want to talk about one other thing, because it's one thing that all the generations agreed on. And I think is becoming much more important in the workforce. And that's the consistent development and the organization providing opportunities for growth, for development in areas that the person wants, you know, and taking an interest on the skills that are important to them. And so I will push it back to you. How do you balance taking, you know, what's the best for the organization and what's best for the individual, what the individual wants to focus on and marry those two and give them growth opportunities that it's not only for the benefit of the, you know, the organization, but also the, the personal person. Um, listen, finding a balance in any of these things is always, is always difficult, but I think I will tell you overwhelmingly on our employee survey this year was, uh, opportunity to grow. Right. And that we see their potential for growth and that we provide opportunities for growth. I'm all about that. Now it can be expensive, right? So as a small organization, we've have to figure out how to do that with the resources that we have. But I will tell you my biggest pet peeve around this whole thing. I do believe that we have a responsibility as an organization, as a leader to invest in our people's growth. Absolutely. 100%. But I also believe you individually have a responsibility. And if you're not showing me that you are interested in investing in your own growth, what, there's a part of me that feels like, why should I spend all this money when I've given you a book or I've given you opportunities to grow? Or you could come in and tell me any day, hey, I read an article about best practices on youth workforce development. And you know, there, this, is, this is a new model out there. Like just once, I would love to hear somebody come tell me that, right? Or what they learned from something they read about being a better leader or growing in their field. Not I just once. Because if you expect us to invest in you, you've got to show that you're willing to invest in yourself. And I think that's the one area, if I could tell any generation, if you want to grow and you want people to invest in your growth, you have to be invested yourself. Yeah. And you have to take ownership of what you want to develop in. You know, I think a lot of times we get brought on by companies and then we talk to their people and they're like, well, I don't know. Well, you guys teach. Well, what do you want to get better at? Well, I don't know. Like if you don't have any self-awareness of where you're struggling or you don't feel strong enough, then you're not doing your job to be bought into developing yourself. Then it's just they're spending money and I have to do this. And it feels like school rather than a personal development where you should be excited about the fact that they're offering that, you know, or you should try to squeeze everything out of it. Or before asking for paid, like you said, go to your leader, like your leader, most of the times has either been through the training or knows the answer or knows some of the things that you're trying to learn or has other resources. So like you said, it's all about taking the ownership and trying to do every, like, look, you have Google, 
We talked about chat GPT last week. There are so many different ways that you can literally just type in the question and find the information, but we are way over time. I'm not going to- I want to say one last thing. Wait, just one last thing. I know that every generation thinks they know everything, right? Uh, uh, well, we definitely do, but you know. Yeah, I know. And so do we. But anyway, we can we can have that war after. At the, at the next training session, oh, I better be nice because you're going to kick my ass even worse. But anyway, I just want to say one thing. There is a wisdom and experience in the people who have been around for a while. And I know that sometimes we think we know everything or we know better, all generations. But I just want to encourage everyone to ask questions, to learn from each other, because there is a wisdom and experience, right, that comes with years of service, right, or years of being in a, in a field. Your needs are no different than my needs were back then or they are today. So just keep asking each other and, and just, you know, spending time to get to know each other. It's not a war. So. There you go. Great day. Great Monday. We kept you guys way longer than we should have. Mark will be back tomorrow. As always, we love you guys. If you love our content, join our community, sign up for the newsletter, great resources, weekly emails with tips, takeaways. Um, and as always, let's get down to business. Friends keep telling me to leave this So let's get down, let's get down to business Let's get down, let's get down to business